Good, everybody. Well, um, Pastor Zeke is on vacation, and he asked me to uh, see if I can give you guys a message for tonight. So, um, with that, let's uh, let's pray real quick. Some of these nerves under control. Father, we just come before you, and uh, we thank you for just being such an awesome and wonderful Father towards us. And uh, we pray, Father, that as as we get into your word and and begin to look at your word, what your word has to say to us, that that we would not leave the same, that we would leave transformed, that we would leave changed. So we come before you, and we thank you, and we praise you in your son's precious name. Amen. So um, tonight, um, I titled the message, I don't know if it's up there or not, um, uh, Good Father. And we'll be looking at Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. So if you want to turn there, put your finger there. We'll talk about a couple of other, a few things before we get there. But if you want to put your finger there. Um, I have a lot of scriptures tonight. So if you have a pencil or pen and paper, uh, make sure you jot them down because we're going to be jumping back and forth. So um, um, one thing, uh, last last week uh, we were talking about uh, some of the traditions that people have, and it's kind of got me thinking a little bit about that and about my up, up, upbringing. And uh, I was kind of remembering that uh, for me, Christmas was never about gifts. Um, I, I, I know I received some gifts, but... I don't remember too many of the gifts that I received. Um, what I do remember about Christmas was was that um, that we would sit around the bonfire um, and we would we would tell jokes throughout the night. We would wait for midnight, you know, on Christmas Eve, and then say Merry Christmas to everybody. And um, so, anyways, it was a it was kind of a cool thing. And then. As I began to grow up and become a teenager, I forgot all about um, um, religious things. And, and what ended up happening is I ended up celebrating uh, according to my own selfish desires, right? But, um, but now, you know, Christmas has passed, but the message of Christmas n- never passes away, right? Um, the, the message of Christmas uh, stays with us throughout the whole year. Um, there's something cool about Christmas. There's something wonderful about the Christmas story. Um, not only as, as it's portrayed by Luke, but, but, but the message of the gospel itself, right? Um, the message of the gospel is re- really kind of basic and simple, right? That, that Christ came as a baby, that uh, he died a horrible death, that, um, that he rose on the third day, and then he ascended to be uh, at the right hand of power, and then now he makes intercession for, for us, right, throughout eternity. So why was he placed on the cross? You know, John 3.16, right, what does it say? It says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right, so that we wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Um, if Christ had not um, died and risen again, um, then the whole message of Christmas would 
make no sense, right? It could have been the it could have been any regular Joe that would have came. It, it would have it would have not have any significance at all. But he did come, and and he did die, and and so because of that, we know that that God loves us, right? Um, we know that the great love that God, my Father, had for me, and and had for the world, is an amazing love that He has, right? And not only the love that he has for the world, the love that he has for me, but also the love that he has for you individually. Um, do you believe that? Do you believe that God loves you in that way, that he loves you in an in a individual way? Do you believe that? Because sometimes I think, I think we, uh, we grasp it and we talk about it and we read about it in the Word, but, but the reality is that we don't really believe it. And, and um, you know, the reality is that it's, it's been a crazy year. It's, you know, there's all, been all kinds of crazy things happening throughout the year. But the reality is, is, is that God has brought us this far. You know, we're almost at the end of the year. Christmas has passed, and we're almost at the end of the year. And, and um, we should give Him praise for that, right? He's brought us this far. We're ready to start a new year. And uh, we should give him glory for that. And regardless of what your situation is, regardless of where you're at, um, and, and, you know, Christmas just passed, and we probably put all kinds of money on the credit card and stuff like that, and now we're, we're stressing about, uh, about our credit cards and stuff like that. But the reality is, is that uh, our economy does not affect God's economy. God's economy is not affected by the things that we do, by, by, by the things that... Um, that we that we um, that we put all of our face value on, right? He's still on the throne, and he still continues to give to us abundantly. And if it hadn't been for his great love and his great mercy, uh, we surely would have been consumed, like the word says. But um, anyways, um, I, I, recently I've been kind of thinking also about about that song, uh, Good, Good Father. How many of you guys know that song? Kind of make it a little interactive here, right? We sing it here quite a few times, right? And, and um, by, um, that song, it's by Chris Tomlin, right? And there's a couple of, uh, I like the whole song, but there's a, there's that, there's a specific verse that I, I really like and says, you're a good father. I'm not going to sing it to you. Um, it's who you are, um, and I'm loved by you, and it's who I am. I remember a while back, Pastor Zeke talked a little bit about that, um, about the whole idea that uh, God is a good father. I mean, we know that, right? But it says that it says that that's who he is, and then it says that I'm loved by him, that I'm loved by you, that's who I am, that is, I'm loved by you. And that's such an amazing thought, right? Such an amazing idea to be able to focus and think about that and meditate upon that. So tonight, um, we're going to be considering a couple of things, uh, three things. We're going to consider that God is our Father, um, that you are His child, including me, and that you are loved by God. Um, Not too many people question the idea of God being a father, right? Um, even the even among the unbeliever, 
uh, you won't get too much resistance about it. They say, yeah, you know, God is the father of all humanity. Um, if they're not going to start arguing about whether uh, the Lord exists or not. But they, they have the basic idea that, that God is a father. And um, in the Old Testament, um, throughout, throughout the, the time that, that the nation of Israel was going through their rebellion against God and they rebelled against God uh, back and forth and, and they went back and they, and they served him and they rebelled against him. Um, they still, they recognized God as their father, right? That they had formed, that he had formed them and that he had sustained them all throughout um, the time that they were uh, walking through uh, the wilderness and, and, and walking into the land and, and walking through the land and the prophets talking to them and all of that stuff. Um, so the idea of God as the originer, originator, the provider, the protector of the nation of, of Israel is emphasized throughout all, all of the Old Testament. For example, when Moses was getting ready to kick the bucket, he says to the, the people of Israel, he says in Deuteronomy 32.6, says, Do you thus deal with the Lord or foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who brought you, who bought you, has he not made you and established you? And then King David, when, um, when he's um, bringing people together, when he's all the, bringing all the materials for the building of the temple in First Chronicles 29, verse 10 and 20, it says, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Then David, in verse 20, then David said to all the assembly, now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. And then in Malachi chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Have we not one father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? So we see in the Old Testament, right, that the people, they corrupted this, themselves regularly. Um, but one thing that was established before the Old Testament was, was, came to a closing is that God was the father of Israel, right? Um, but every time that, um, that Israel was in trouble, uh, mostly because of their own backslidings, they would cry out to their father and... Um, and when their cry became great and they, and they actually had a heart of repentance, um, God always answered, right? Um, they would cry out when they were in captivity and they would cry out to the Lord. Um, all of a sudden, the Lord would answer and the Lord would deliver them. He, he would raise up somebody to deliver them and he would deliver them, right? And um, it, it's, it's quite interesting, though, that throughout the uh, Old Testament, even though they collectively had this idea of God uh, being their father, they never expressed a relationship with God individually. And we see that throughout the Old Testament. Um, and we see that even in the New Testament, um, when, when Jesus was being questioned about his origins, uh, in John chapter 8, verse 37 through 40, it says, and he tells them, he says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, 
if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father that is God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So you see, even in the time of Jesus, um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the, even all the people of Israel at the time, they, they believed that, that God was their father, right? Because, because that's who God was. He was the father of the nation of Israel. But the reality is, is that when Jesus came, this, this relationship between people and God was revealed uh, when Jesus came. If, uh, when Jesus was praying for his disciples in, in John chapter 17, verse 23, it says, he's, he's going through the whole prayer and he's praying for the disciples, it says, and, he, and Jesus says, um, and I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me, loved them as you have loved me. So he's, he's beginning to reveal this relationship with God, right? Um, a, a relationship that was individual, a relationship that was between individual people and God the Father. Um, one real quick note before we continue. Um, as I was thinking about uh, all of this, um, I remember um, a pastor talking about um, how there are those who who teach um, that I I lost my spot here in, in my paper here real quick. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, that that they teach um, um, a false teaching that um, that they are equal to Christ because. They say that they are heirs with Christ, and we'll kind of get to that in a little bit uh, when we get to Galatians chapter three there. But um, but anyways, they say that they also claim uh, equality with Christ, and and they also begin to fall into further confusion, thinking that they are Messiah, a Messiah, and and therefore they can make um, demands upon God, and also demands upon God's people. And that's, there's nothing further from the truth, right? Uh, there's, we're not equal with Christ. We're not a Messiah. And we cannot make demands upon God to, to do this or do that for us. And, and, um, and, and we cannot make demands upon God's people, right? That's not, the, that's not what it means to be an heir with Christ. That does not, that's not what it means to be equal with Christ. And... Um, Christ is the only one that has begun, right? We, we read that in, in or, or read that in, um, we read that in John chapter 3, verse 16, right? That he's the only begotten uh, of the Father. Um, 
but our relationship with God, our, our, our sonship, as it were, um, we are children of God through adoption. Um, we have God as our Father, who has by his divine power given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, right? You are, you are his child through adoption. Um, if you would, if you have your finger there in Galatians, um, we'll go, go ahead and read that and uh, take a look at a couple of things there in Galatians. I told you to turn there, and I didn't turn there. But anyways, uh, we see there in Galatians um, um, that, that Paul kind of explains what it is to be a son of God. So I'm going to read verses 26 on chapter 3 all the way to verse uh, 7 on chapter 4. So let's go ahead and read that. It says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are, you are all sons of, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir of God through Christ. A um, while back, um, I, I was teaching uh, uh, with the, over back to back with the junior high kids, and I was going through this, this chapter in Galatians, and, and that song was coming to my mind, the good, good father. And, and the whole idea that sometimes as Christians, we don't recognize the the connection that we have with God, the, the unlimited resources that we have from God. Um, God is our Father. He, he is our Father individually. He is your Father individually, and, and He loves you uh, indefinitely, right? Um, a couple of things there in those verses. Um, there in verse 26, um, He talks about being a son, right? And, and who's a son? Those that have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. Um, you are God's children when you place it. Those are the ones that are true spiritual sons of God, right? Those that p- place their trust in Him. Uh, unbelievers, like we read in, in um, John chapter uh, 8, are children of the devil, right? It's not until you put your trust in Jesus Christ that you actually become children of God. Um, we are once one with Christ, right? Regardless of our background, um, uh, you know, people talk about in the world, they talk about unity, they talk about being able to come together, being able to, uh, they're, they're, they try to do all this uh, um, ecumenical stuff and bring people together, but the reality is that, that in the church, that in Christ, 
is the only place where you can bring people from all kinds of backgrounds, nationalities, and everything together, right? We are one in Christ. And that is an amazing thought uh, uh, as I was reading through this, right? That, that in Christ, no matter where we're from, I mean, that's the thing that will bring peace. That's the thing that will, that will bring people together is, is the idea of, of, of having Christ in our lives and having Christ in our hearts. Uh, he talks about being heirs according to the promise because we are children of Abraham through adoption. Uh, we are heirs of the promise made to Abraham. He's talking about justification by faith, right? In Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it says, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And so it's through faith, right? It's through, through that whole idea of, of being saved through faith. There's nothing... A- Absolutely, that we can do. That's what he's talking about there, right? And, and then he goes on uh, talk about uh, verses one through seven. He talk, talks a little bit more about this relationship that that children had, and how uh, the children were placed under under um, um, stewards and tutors to be able to bring those children in the ways of the Lord. So the masters of the slaves would entrust them to the slaves, which were their teachers in order to bring them up in the, in the things of God, right? And to teach them all that they needed to, to be taught. And, and Paul here, he contrasts the believer's lives before salvation with the lives after salvation. And he kind of makes that contrast and, and, and he uses the whole idea what people were doing at that very time in order to bring about how, how we enter into the life of being children of God. Um, he talks about, in verse 4, he talks about that in the fullness of time, in God's timetable, right? He, God said every aspect, every religious aspect, every cultural and political condition um, uh, in, in order to bring about uh, the plan of salvation, right? When Jesus came, everything was laid out. Um, there's no other time in the, in the history of our nation, uh, of our world, that, um, that could have been more perfect, um, placed everything in place, Jesus came into the world, and then Christ came. He, he came, uh, and even as, um, as human fathers, um, they set the time for the Son to be released. So he kind of makes that comparison, right? How God had this perfect timing in which he uh, allowed Christ to come into the world. Also, the fathers set everything up, human fathers, um, who had their children being taught by these, um, these tutors and these slaves, um, he, he set it all up, you know, um, and, and, and there was a specific time when they would be released from these guardians and these teachers. And, and what were these teachers and what were all these guys, all these, these different things? Well, they were, they were actually like, a, like, like the law, right? The law says that, that the law kept us under bondage. And, and at that time, when the children came to an age, all of a sudden they were released from the tutors and they uh, actually became adults. Um, and uh, there in that, same, in that same verse, he talks about he, uh, Jesus being born of a woman. He talks about his humanity, right? Not just the virgin birth, but he talks also about his sacrifice, right? Um, be, to be of infinite worth in order to be able to cover for sin. He also had to be fully human um, so that he could take upon himself the penalty of sin. 
as a substitute for man. And Luke chapter 1, verse 35 says, And the angel said to her, That holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then um, in order... Um, in order for for our sin to be atoned for, right? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as as we are, yet without sin. So um, Christ was perfect, right? He was perfectly man, perfectly human, and he obeyed God in everything. And it's that perfect righteousness that, that was imputed upon us, right? That was put into us. Um, and, uh, and then in verse 5, it talks a little bit about um, the, how he redeemed us from um, us who are guilty sinners from the law's demands and its cures and its need and in need of a Savior, right? We were all in need of a Savior, so we needed... God to cure us from all these things. And then he talks a little bit about the adoption thing, right? And what is the adoption? Adoption adoption is the whole act of somebody that is uh, from a different family taking uh, under them uh, a child that is from another family, right? Um, that, that's kind of, kind of self-explanatory, right? But... Um, And then in verse 6 and 7, he talks about the Holy Spirit bringing all, this, all of this stuff together. He talks about um, that it's the Holy Spirit that confirms to the believer that they are children of God. So, so the assurance of salvation is a gracious work of the Holy Spirit and does not come from any human source. And he, then he talks about if a son, then an heir, right? And, and it's... Um, it's not an inheritance of any physical thing, uh, uh, any physical possession. It's not even talking about heaven. It's not necessarily talking about uh, anything here on earth. He's talking about possessing him, possessing Christ. He's talking about uh, him being our inheritance. He's talking about that which Christ came to perform and has accomplished for us. It is the Holy Spirit who deliver us, delivers us from the bondage and the, and the fear of, of etern, eternal and physical death. When the Holy Spirit inhabits our soul, there is nothing to fear. Um, if any threat were to come to our own physical lives, um, if, uh, if anybody were to come against us, the, the Bible says um, it, if, if to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord, right? So if anybody were to come with any uh, threat to our, to our life, if it, if it were, it says, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of, right? Um, if we're threatened to, to death, then we're going to be with the Lord. Um, but instead, he says that we received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Um, we've we've heard about that term Abba, Abba, right? The the term that is translated into our English English language, uh, Daddy or Papa. It's a term that expresses a a unique personal relationship between a child and their father. Um, do you have that kind of 
relationship with God, uh, that kind of special relationship with God. If not, God is pleased to enter into that kind of relationship with you. And then the whole idea that we're loved by God, right? Um, sometimes, especially in the time of year that we're in, right, we, we, we focus too much on the material things and we worry ourselves kind of sick, right? But, but we shouldn't. Uh, we look kind of to human fathers and we insta- inst- um, instantly associate them to God. And, and, you know, as it should be right, you know, fathers are the closest expression that the kids are going to see uh, to God until they grow up, right? And then they begin to see our failures. But nonetheless, that whole idea is carried into our adulthood. And, and what ends up happening is we still end up expecting God to provide for us. We still, um, we still look towards God for our protection and direction. And he does all those things, right? He still does those things. But he wants us to be warriors, right? Not warriors. Right? You guys get that? He, wants, he doesn't want us to be warriors, but he wants us to be warriors. So, anyways, I heard that a long time ago. I couldn't wait to use it one of these days. But, uh, yeah, you know, he doesn't want us to worry. He, he wants us actually, instead of worrying about things, uh, about all these physical things and demands on our lives, he wants rather to, for us to go, come before God, right? He wants for us to come before him and to, and to pray and to ask him to help us through these things. Um, if you guys remember that story in, in uh, Luke, when Jesus is teaching about worry, right? He, he talks about a couple of things. I'm not going to read it. It's in, in uh, Luke chapter 12 verses 12 to 31, just a couple of things that, that I'm going to pick out of there. Um, Jesus says, do not worry about your life, right? Actually, it's too good. I'm going to have to read it. Um, he, says, um, he says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about, what, about the body what you will put on it. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither snow, sow, they snow, they sow, sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Amazing, right? How much more are we of value than the birds? That's an amazing thought there. And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? If you cannot. If you're not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? If you cannot, if you're worried about the things you're going to eat or the things that you're going to wear, uh, wear, and you can't do anything about it, he says, why are you anxious for the rest of the stuff? That's the little stuff, right? Why are you anxious for the, for the bigger stuff? Consider the lilies, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you, uh, what you should eat or what you should drink, nor, what, nor, have any anxious, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after you, after, and your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Um, one real quick thought about that is uh, one time 
I, I remember I used to have a cousin that lived up in Bakersfield. He doesn't live there anymore. But we were driving up the, um, what, what is the, that pass called? The grapevine. And then you, and then, I, I don't know, I don't know what portion of it is. But uh, it was like during the spring. And uh, we were passing through and the whole hillside was covered. I don't know, I don't know, how many of you guys have passed through there in the spring when all those flowers are in blue, all kinds of different colors. It's amazing. It, it instantly took me to that, to that verse. But anyways, that's an amazing thought. If God is able to do all those things, then, then why should we worry about all these other material things, right? Um, in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 9, God says that um, it's a promise that God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in, in Jesus Christ. So all of these things, you know, we, we put our emphasis on the wrong things. That's my whole point, right? Is that instead of seeing the love that God has for us, we begin to worry about all these physical things. And, um, and the reality is, is that we shouldn't. We shouldn't, we, we shouldn't be worrying about all these things. In, uh, in, Jer- in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, it says that the Lord appeared of old to me, saying... Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I've had love, I, have, I have drawn you. Does God, does God love us? Does he love me because of the great talent that I have? Does he love you because of the great talent that you have? And obviously that's a rhetorical question, right? No, he doesn't love you because of a great talent that you might have. And that's what he's saying to the nation of Israel, right? He, la- he loves them with an everlasting love. His love for you was the same yesterday, the same that it is today, and the same that it's going to be forever. His love for you and me does not change. His love for you does not change. We just read that, right? His love is an everlasting love. In Deuteronomy chapter uh, 7, verses 6 through 8, uh, he talks about um, choosing the nation of Israel. Um, he says, did I choose you because you were great in number? No, God did not choose them because they were great in number or because they were uh, a special people. In verse 8 it says, but because the Lord loves you. That's why the Lord chose the nation of Israel because he loved them. And that's why he chose you. And that's why he has chosen you is because he loves you. In in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, For, for who does not, or for he who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. So again, back to the song, right? Um, I don't know the song completely. I haven't, I haven't got it completely in my head, so I have it here in front of me, so don't think that I'm... But, but there's a couple of things, right? Um, Again, back to those verses, right? He's a good, good father. And one of the things that the world always challenges is, is the whole idea that God loves us, right? When, when you begin to, to talk to people and they say, well, really, uh, how, could, how could God love me? Uh, he does all these crazy, he allows all these crazy things to happen to people. Well, that's an easy answer, right? The, the reason that all these crazy things happen to people is because it's a fallen world and because people make choices that affect other people. We make choices that affect other people. So that's, that's an easy answer, right? 
But the reality is, is that God is a good God. He's a good Father, and, and He loves you. Uh, and I love that. That is, that is who He is, right? That is who He is. He is love. He's, he, he's not anything else. If, if you look throughout the Scripture, God is not mentioned, he, he is not called anything else, but He is love. And that's an amazing thing to me. He, he is, you know, He doesn't say, uh, I mean, it does say that he is holy, but he doesn't kind of apply that name to him. He is love, right? That's, that, that's what all, everything else revolves around, right? He is love. And then he says in, in that song that I am loved, I am loved by you, and that is who I am. That's an amazing thing, right? And uh, in First in John chapter, ver, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, it says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this love, not that we loved God, but that, we lo- that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Excuse me. There's a there's a, a commentator that I like to read. I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you uh, what he says about this verse, right? First um, John um, chapter four verse eight. It says, "God is love, an infinite fountain." Did I tell you who who this is? Adam Clark. I think I did, but I'll repeat it to you guys anyways. Adam Clark. God is love, the infinite fountain of benevolence and beneficent this guy uses big words or I just couldn't line those two words together benevolence and beneficence it's the same thing right benevolence and beneficence beneficence it's the same thing to every human being let me read it again an infinite fountain of benevolence and benef- beneficence I can't say that beneficence beneficence Inefficient. We're going to leave it at that. To every human being, he hates no thing that he has made. He cannot hate because he is love. He causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. He has made no human being for perdition, nor ever rendered it impossible for any necessitating decree for all any fallen soul to find mercy. He has given the fullest proof of his love to the whole human race by the incarnation of his son. Incarnation, right? Put on flesh. I love that word. It reminds me of like carne asada. I'm sorry. I messed up his quote. Please forgive me. Adam Clark's passed away a long time ago, so he's probably rolling over in his grave. But anyways, no, but the whole idea, right, the whole idea that Christ put on flesh, and that's the only, that, that's why I think such a wonderful world, incarnation, he put on the flesh, right? He put on the carne asada. You'll never see carne asada the same ever again. Uh, anyways, who tasted death for every man, now can a decree of absolute, unconditional repro- reprobation of the greater part of, or any part of the human race stand in the presence of, 
of such a text as this. It has been well observed that although God is holy, just, righteous, etc., he has never called holiness, justice, etc., in the abstract, as he is here called love. That's what I was kind of trying to tell you guys, but he says it much better. This seems to be the essence of the divine nature and all other attributes to be only modifications of this. So that's it, you know? God is love, and he loves you perfectly. He loves you with an unconditional love. You are God's child. He is your father. He is good, and you are loved by him. If you do not know this tonight, get to know it tonight. Um, if, If for any reason there's anything in your heart, in your mind that is um, blocking you from this. Um, as we sing um, one final couple of songs, whatever you have, um, just remember that. In Psalm 86.5, it says that he is good and ready to forgive. So acknowledge him. Acknowledge your, favor, your failures and ask him to forgive you. Ask him to make this love known to you as sons of your father. With that, you guys can come up and give us a couple cool songs. Father, we just come before you and um, I pray, Father, that um, that you would take the parts that are essential to be heard, Father, to be embedded in the hearts of your people today. And all the rubble, all the um, parts that were just me, Father, would just be blown away with the shaft, Father. That we would take tonight, Father, that you, you are our Father and we are loved by you, that we are your children. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you in your son's precious name. Amen.